Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the show. It's going to be another riotous episode again today, so I hope you are ready, and this will entertain you almost no matter what you sell on Etsy. (laughs) I'm so excited, but I hope you're doing well, and sales should be starting to pick up pretty soon if they haven't already for the holidays. So hopefully everything is rolling and you're excited and um, you're learning a lot about what works and doesn't work in your shop. It's just a really fun time of year where you can get a lot of instant feedback by whether or not you're getting purchases. I will caveat that by saying in my sign shop, October was often very slow because I felt like people spent a lot of their money on Halloween stuff in October. So September was really busy and then November, December was really busy and October was a bit of a lull. So if you are seeing that, just know that people go ham on spending all their money on Halloween and that's a whole thing. Um, But it's nonetheless, it's fourth quarter. It's going to be amazing. It's a great time of year. So before I get into introducing today's guests, I do want to put in a little reminder because I forgot last week that I am planning for another like FAQ episode coming up soon. So if you have a question that you'd like for me to answer for you, go ahead down into the show notes uh, below the episode and there will be a link to submit a question if you've got one or two or three. And we will see what we can get to on this um, on this com- upcoming FAQ episode. But let me tell you about our guest that is on today. Her name is Alyssa Chandler, and she's a creative photographer based in Fayetteville, Arkansas, who's been shooting happy photographs since 2011. That makes me think of What is the guy, Bob Ross? Happy little trees, happy photographs. Super inspired by bold colors, unique light, and vintage everything, Lissa is a nationally published wedding portrait and editorial photographer who chooses to niche down on a feeling instead of a specific genre. That feeling, the one you get when you open a box of 120 crayons, a little hope, a lot of excitement, and a ton of color. Oh my gosh, that is her to a T. Liz has been teaching photography since 2014 and has operated a photo shoot dress rental business since 2018. And in 2020, uh, 2022, a quick idea to create photographer t-shirts turned into so much more. Discovering print on demand led to discovering mock-ups. And once she discovered mock-ups, there was no looking back. Her mock-ups are bright, cheerful, and bursting with color, but most of all, they are fun. Lissa creates her mock-ups with specific vibes in mind so that print-on-demand designers can build branding and consistent social media images through her mock-ups. Can't wait to share more with you. Okay, yes. So like if you are in the digital product space, this is interesting. If you're in the print-on-demand space, this is super interesting. If you're in the physical product space, it will inspire you as well. Um, She is full of knowledge, full of energy, so much fun. And I love how she has differentiated herself in the mock-up niche. It's really amazing. And her results of all of her sales just go to show how 
powerful it can be to make a smart decision going the opposite direction of the market. It's it's so cool. So please help me welcome Lissa to the podcast. Hey, Lissa, welcome to the show. Hi. This is way too fun. Thank you so much for being willing to come share your your greatness and your creativity and your ideas with the How to Sell Your Stuff fam. <laughs> well, I do like to make stuff, so it's fun. Yeah, well, we get to geek out about Etsy for the next However, I we all know how long winded I am. We're not, I'm not even going to speculate. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I'm always about those long coffee dates. I, I know, I know, and I love it when these just like feel like a chat with a friend, and we are so already there. So this is going to be this is going to be a riot. So like, get us caught up because we are meeting you for the first time. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. What's your background like pre Etsy? Like, let's talk photography. How did you become a photography goddess? Okay, so do we want like the short version or the longer really. version? Uh, okay. Yeah, I right. okay. that's what I wasn't sure. Okay, so I like grew. I like to say that I grew up with a camera in my back pocket. Like I love photography. It is my jam. It is so much fun. Like I love everything about it. But like when I was growing up, I'm older. I'm 37. <laughs> than the Stop you know. It. No, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like you hear someone's a photographer and you think they're like 21. You know what I mean? Anyone with an iPhone. Yes. Yes. Okay. So like when I was, I graduated high school in 2005 and I had never known a photographer. Like I didn't know it could be like a job, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. But yeah. And like I had always grown up thinking I'd be a stay at home mom and had no plans on like what I would do for a career. Right. And so I was kind of like going to be a stay at home mom, but I love photos. And I started shooting like very casually, like portraits when I was 19 like loved it it was really fun but super casual like I didn't know like technicalities I didn't really know what I was doing I kind of just like jumped into it right and then when I had my first baby I had really bad postpartum depression and I was like this is it I'm gonna sell my camera because I'd rather like you know have more food for groceries because we were young parents than I would to have this camera that costs a lot of money and my husband was like okay no, hell about let's not do that. Let's not sell the camera. He was like, instead, what if you did? And I'd only really at that point, like photograph people I knew or like people I could meet at a party. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, so like not necessarily people I knew before the shoot, but they were like friends of a friend or friend of a friend of a friend. So like warm market. Yes. Like close into my circle. And he was like, I want you to, my husband's awesome. And he was like, I want you to photograph 10 people that you have no connection to and see what you think. And I was like, that sounds like a horrible idea. I'm really shy. Really? (laughs) Yes. So shy. And I was like, okay. Um, we went back and forth about it for a couple of days. And finally I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And we had this little family blog at the time. And so I put it on the family blog. I was like, I'm going to take like, you know, 10 sessions. And they were like really cheap, like 20 bucks or free, you know, really, really cheap. And so I did it. And after the first couple of shoots, I was hooked and that was it. Um, we were still in college when that happened. I, we had a baby in college still in college. And then we moved from where we were living in Utah. We moved to um, Fayetteville, Arkansas. And as soon as we moved here, I opened a business license. Like I opened, went to the store, a business, not a business license. I opened my business like the first week we were here. And that was, that was really it. I just hit the ground running and I've been shooting ever since. That is hysterical. Also, I'm still, I'm struggling with the your shy comment. Um, because oh yeah, like I like I like had to learn like that was one of the things that was hard for me coming into photography is I'm very introverted and so thinking about the way that I would go and like 
shoot like I have to like I had to learn not only how to use my camera but how to talk to people um and I was like I've gone through phases where I was more shy than others but after I had my first baby I was very introverted like did not want to talk to basically anyone besides my husband and my family you know what I mean you know how it is like your life changes and sometimes you can change a little bit with a baby yeah and so I had to kind of just like learn how to interact with people, which with photography can be just as important, if not more important. No, more. Yeah. We're all clammed yeah. up. Like my husband and I are obsessed with each other, but like, don't try to take pictures of us. We're going to look like we hate each other. You know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah. We need you to get us to, Yeah. Yeah. And that's how most people feel about photography and like being photographed. Like very few people are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be photographed and it's going to be so natural. Like someone's in front of you with a camera. So like, it's not natural. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly (laughs) what I mean. Um, Okay. So I need to know how this, like when, how did this transition into Etsy? Because that's, oh no, wait, I got to back up. How did you drum up business locally after you moved? How was, what was that like? Okay, so again, like I'm a little bit older, but I actually did a bunch of like Craigslist type, Craigslist, Craigslist, I can, I can talk, I did like Craigslist, very cheap shoots while I was learning. And then what happened was I had photographed a wedding um, and I hated it. Um, I hated photographing this wedding, my first wedding, um, second wedding, something like that. And I was like, this didn't go well. Like the bride didn't like her photos justifiably. I didn't know what I was doing. I was in over my head. You know what I mean? Just in over my head. And I was like, I didn't like, I didn't feel like I could do it. I didn't quite have the self-esteem. So when I say I hated it, it was more like I didn't feel capable of shooting weddings. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like it's a scary thing. It's a big thing, once in a lifetime kind of vibe. And what happened was I was approached by this couple and they were like, we want you to photograph our wedding. They're like, we love the color. I love color. And they were like, we love the color. We love all this stuff. Can you please shoot our wedding? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. And then I ended up doing it and I did it. And I remember them doing like their first dance that day. And I was like, I could do this. Like I had that thought, you know what I mean? I was like, I, cause again, introverted weddings, you have to be up there and like be bossy, be moving people around. I was like, that is not for me. You know, I wanted to photograph pose newborn babies and, uh, <laughs> which is very different than wedding photography. And I remember them doing their first dance and I was like, okay, I can do this. And then I just went for it. I mean, it's a lot of hard, you know, like it's hard, like I didn't have connections. So you have to do things, you have to do things to build your portfolio, like free or discounted a lot when you're really kind of getting in that vibe. But I wasn't at the point where I could like ask for a lot of money either because I wasn't like, I'd been shooting for a while, but I wasn't super skilled yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then as I built my skill and built my reputation, it just kept going. How long did it take? from that first shoot well I had a baby another baby I had my second son um in between there and so we moved here in 2011 and I was by 2014 I think 2014 was my first year where I was like could completely live off of it wow so three years I mean that's actually I feel very reasonable because you're starting from scratch you don't Mm -hmm. even have a warm market to go through it's literally like Craigslist bootstrapping it, then word of mouth, really going for cheap. Yeah, love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just like, it didn't matter to me, like how much money I was taking home. It mattered to me that I had something to shoot. Like I didn't have the capacity yet to like even know what I wanted to shoot because I had to try it to make sure it was what I liked. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so like, like you said, weddings, like so high stakes. I can't even. Okay. Yes. Now let's dive into Etsy. Like how long ago did you get on Etsy? How was that? Like talk about a pivot. I mean, I guess you were dealing with people the whole time, but tell me about the Etsy like transition. Okay. So this is where it's kind of messy. So photography is not messy. I've always loved it. You know what I mean? Whatever. The Etsy shop is a little (laughs) different and I've actually never talked to someone who had an Etsy shop before. This is my first time. Um, I don't know anyone who has an Etsy shop. So this is like all brand new to me. Okay. Um, We're friends now. (laughs) So yeah. So what happened was, um, so I've been shooting forever. And in 2018, my best friend and I started this, um, like dress rental company for photographers. Um, we had a bunch of like props from our shoots, right? And like, I'm really extra. Like I really like maximalism, like all the way. Like I love a good disco ball. You know what I mean? And glitter. Yes, I okay. and so <laughs> love it. Love it. I, I'm not like, I'm not in a minimalism. And so we had all of these like gowns that we'd gotten from our shoes because she was a photographer as well. And we got all these together and we started renting them out just from our, my house. Um, we started running these dresses out and we, I still do it. So basically how it works is we have a website and people will go, I have an inventory of like a hundred wedding dresses and people will come <laughs> to I'm the website. Lo- this is so different. Like what? I know, okay. That's what I'm saying. This is where it gets messy. And so they will rent it and I'll ship it to them and they'll do like a photo shoot, like to build a portfolio. So it's really fun. I have really extra dresses, like lots of tool, like big bow sleeves, things like that. Like it's really fun, right? Like Again, maximalism, like the big, like pastel, big tool dresses. You know what I'm talking about? Like the big ones. Yeah. All the way. Love it. They're in a closet over there. Okay. (laughs) And so in 2022, I was like, I want to add something. I had started, I pulled back a little bit on shooting during the pandemic Mm -hmm. um, because it was a lot with three kids, right? And so I pulled back on shooting and I was like, you know, I'm going to add, I want to add more to my photo shoot. It's called Opal in June. I was like, I want to add more to this website and like see what else I can do for photographers specifically. And when I did that, I ended up writing some planners I published on Amazon KDP. And I was like, okay, like this is interesting. Like I have them on there and people can buy them. Like I have a stack of them here and I sell them on Amazon too. And then I was like, I like this because I don't have to do anything once someone buys it. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's done. And I've always taught photography, but most of my teaching has been in online workshops or in in in-person workshops. So it's still where you're doing it, like you're doing a lecture, you're talking to them, you're answering their questions. I do do some PDF stuff, PDF stuff that wasn't like my big thing. Like I had had that experience. I'd sold several PDFs. My first like educational PDF was in like 2014, but most of it was like where there was interaction. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to do something that doesn't take as much work as writing these hundred page PDFs and selling them. Right. And so I was just kind of like messing around and I came across a t-shirt video and I was like, okay, all right, that's interesting. I can add photographer merch to my website, right? I was like, why not? Let's add some photographer shirts, photographer mugs. I love photography. Who doesn't like a fun little t-shirt that says I'm a photographer? Not actually that, but you know what I mean? Like that kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you know, let's do that. I already have photographers coming to the website. Let's do this. But I had no design background. Like I didn't know what 
I didn't know anything about making designs. And I had a really old Etsy shop that had opened in like 2010. And like never, I put like a couple of prints on it and then didn't sell them, didn't touch the shop. But I had changed the name to Opal in June because I was like, okay, I want to own my name on all platforms, right? And I changed the name. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to put them on this Etsy shop because I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to learn the system. Like I knew the designs were going to be bad. Does that make sense? Because I was uh-huh, starting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I want, and I like to know what I am doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I want to yep. figure it out. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to publish them on this Etsy shop. No one's going to buy them because they're going to be really bad. And then they got bought. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. And I was like, okay, this is a thing. Because you get that sale. You know what I mean? You get it. And you're like, I didn't do anything. I might have to answer an email and that's it. Like, that's all I have to do. And I still shoot. Like, this was not something that, like, I was just, like, I I have no, I should be very clear with the print on demand side. That is not something I ever have an intention of doing, like, full time. Like, Mm -hmm. it's fun for me. It's It's a fun thing that I do. And, um, of course, because I was doing print on demand, I was like, what about these photos? Like, this is a thing. Like, people buy mock-ups. And I was like, I can photograph a mock-up. And so I opened up (laughs) a mock-up shop and did, like, one shoot. And I was like, that was so difficult. Yes. Yes. I was like, that was, I did like work with this wonderful model that I absolutely love. I'd photographed her multiple times and I was like, Hey, I want you to come over and we're going to try this shootout. And I finished it. And I was like, this was a disaster. I was like, this is not because I've been shooting forever. I can shoot like anything. I can shoot like in the dark with my eyes closed. No big deal. And then I had to shoot these mock-up photos. I was wanting to try it out. And I was like, this is hard. Like, this is not easy. Like, I was like, what am I doing? Like, because you have to have it so flat. It's so so hard. Yes. I was like, what is this? Like, this is difficult. And so I did that shoot. And then like, I let the mock-up shop for like, just sit there for like eight months. Oh my gosh. You didn't load them or anything? You didn't try? No, I think I had like two photos up of like cards, like maybe, like maybe like Mm. 10 of like cards. I didn't even put up the shirt ones. I was like, absolutely not. I was like, so like, I was like, I can't believe I'm so bad at taking these photos. (laughs) No, they like, it's so hard. Yes. But you know, you're like, I'm like, oh, I've been doing this for like my whole adult life. Like, this is cool. I can take a mock-up photo. That will be easy. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is hard. Like, this is really hard. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I did. And I let it sit. And then it was last fall. And I was like, you know, I really like, cause I'd scaled back and I was like, I really just like, know I'm going to be dissatisfied in myself. Cause I've always wanted to do stock photography. If I know about this thing, that I could potentially do, but I don't do it because I don't want to work at it. You had to figure it out, didn't you? You decided you had to figure it out. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, so I'm I did. With you. <laughs> I will figure this out. Yeah. I know. I was like, how can I be so bad at this? Like, how can I like photograph these weddings and like not even like blink an eye? You know what I mean? Like be like comfortable at weddings and like loving my life. And then I have to photograph a t-shirt and I'm like, wait where do I put that shoulder? (laughs) 
Yeah, Lisa, let's pause. Let's explain because people are probably like they've both said 30 times now it's hard. I don't get it. Can we talk about why it's hard? Like, so my friend and I are opening a mock-up shop, totally different, like really, really classic type of photography. Yeah. Um, like in oh, the next yeah, few mine's months. not classic. Mine's no, extra. yours is so, that's why I was just like, okay, but I need her on the podcast too. Um <laughs> Because you're so different. It's amazing. But like we did a photo shoot over the summer and she was pregnant and oh, oh my, actually it was in this late spring, but oh my gosh, like the posing of them and then the editing. So can we talk about, talk about what makes it so challenging? First of okay, all, so like, explain what a mock-up is. Okay. So a mock-up is a photo of a blank item, like a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug that you then sell to someone who is selling their designs on one of those objects. And they take the blank photo and they put their design, they like superimpose it in their editing software of choice. And then it looks like the real item. Yep. It's so that you don't have to create the shirt or the mug to sell. You can test the design before you make the product to sell. You don't have to keep inventory. And you can show it yeah. on all different colors. So totally amazing. Why is that such a bear to photo shoot though? Why isn't it just like, it's just a shirt. Why is it difficult? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is that I excel at creative photography. So <laughs> I like weird lights. I like intense, like I do like a lot of um, like natural kind of posing, like very, like very creative, very fun. I like to shoot with like prisms and like, all this like weird kind of light and fun stuff. So first I had to step back from that. And two yes. is like, I have been shooting for so long and like I, uh, what I go shoot organically is not the kind of pose that you can put on a t-shirt mock-up. Like I don't yes. have people are, you know, and I also didn't, on top of that, I didn't want to create because I knew I was coming into it a little later, right? There was already mock-up shops completely dominating, yes. right? It's kind of blown and up. And I yeah. knew I could not just create photos from like their nose to their knees. You know what I mean? Of the blank t-shirt that are so popular. Because there's so many already. I couldn't do that. Like that wasn't an option for when I was coming into the mock-up game, right? But because I'm photographing a person, my instinct of all of my years of training is to be like totally different posing than what would be required for a mock-up. So yep. for me, it's a lot of like, oh, do this. And then I'm like, no, you can't do that. Like, don't do that. You know, like I shoot with a lot of hair in the front and things like that for my portrait work and wedding work, yeah. but you can't do that for a mock-up. So for me, it was kind of a double-edged sword coming into it where like, yes, I was experienced in photography, but also I was experienced in photography. So the posing, everything was different. Hey guys, are you in the print-on-demand niche on Etsy? I know a ton of you are either already working in it or you're fascinated by this niche, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend Heather, who makes $15,000 per month selling print-on-demand in her Etsy shop. And wait for it, she's helped her students as an Etsy coach build five-figure and beyond print-on-demand businesses through her absolutely phenomenal free and paid trainings. Like seriously, guys, her courses are so good. I bought her flagship course myself. <laughs> Imagine if you made $100 plus a day with minimal effort, had the potential to quit your nine to five and be your own boss, stopped trading your time for money and instead work when you want to, get 10 to 20 plus sales a day organically from a store you began six months to a year ago, have the ability to work anywhere only a few hours a day. 
This is the beauty and freedom of print on demand that has so many of us extremely excited. Print on demand is only growing and new products are catching on left and right. So let me reassure you, you're not too late for this party at all. If you wanna get started with Heather's free POD webinar, how to earn your first $10,000 with Etsy and print on demand, just go to heatherteachespod.com. That's heatherteachespod.com or visit the show notes of this episode. You know, it's like so funny to think is like the end customer isn't the person you're taking the pictures of. Usually that's what it would be in photography. Mm-hmm. The end customer is the, is the design, is the print on demand seller who yeah. needs the, who's buying the photo. And so their needs are, I need this to be straight. So I don't have to do a whole bunch of manipulation on, on my design to get it to look right on the shirt. I need there not be a bunch of wrinkles. I need there to be no hair or like, fabric that's inhibiting where my design would go. I need to not have to do a bunch of work. I just want to be able to slap my design on it, bring down the transparency and be done. And it is a, oh my gosh. And like, also, can we talk about how weird the human body looks actually in mock-up pictures? Like to make it not look weird. I don't know what it is. I'm just like, this, this is such a, a thing. Like, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Any- it's like a whole mind bender. Like I was photographing one. I did a couple mock-up shoots last week and I was laughing with, uh, I, it was the second time I photographed her. And I was like, sometimes when I like shoot mock-ups, like I'm very like cheeky sometimes when I'm shooting. <laughs> so like, I was like making fun of it. Like, like I'm like, okay, like we got to get this to a shirt and I'll be like, we're going to, you know, like who knows what's going to be on this and like talking about it. And I'm like, you just, cause you have to be so straight but also, like, you Natural. don't want to just create stiff photographs. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. You, don't, you want the photographs to have life. And, like, that's so important to me as, like, a photographic artist is that there is life in these photos. And, like, I want them to be styled and I want them to be beautiful. And I want people to be able to use them not just for their listings, but for their websites and for their social media and really create their own aesthetic around these mock-ups, you know? Yeah. But how do you do that without just taking that flat close-up photo. <laughs> I mean, I I understand. I understand more than I wish I did. Um <laughs> Okay. So, hot mess, they are it's a whole thing, but you've obviously figured out and nailed it because you've got this shop and it's doing pretty well and your stuff is a riot. It's totally different from anything else I've seen. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Lots of disco. Do you want to talk about like, um, let's kind of back up into some ed- some education for our listeners. Like um, how can, how can like the mock-ups you choose for a print on demand shop really help with branding? Do you think? So I think that there's a lot of things with that. I think that um, one thing is the need of the print on demand seller buying the mock-ups. Like what kind of store are they running? Are they running something that's just going to be on Etsy? Or are they trying to build a brand on a website or on a social media do they want their photographs to like, do they want their mock-up photographs in Etsy search to pop or do they want them to kind of blend in with kind of the more muted vibe that we see a lot um, yeah. in mock-ups? Like what do they want? Because that kind of vibe and you can use, and I use mock-ups by, uh, by other mock-up sellers, like on my print on demand shop. I don't just use mine. That would be way too much color. Um, <laughs> it's gotta be for the right design, right? 
Yes, it has to be for the right thing. Um, and so like, because my designs are super colorful, they're not, they're not simple. So like lots of color, lots of all that. But when you kind of look at the mock-ups together, you can really build a kind of vibe, even if they're from other sellers. So say an example is you like color, you could get one mock-up that's really colorful and then you could get some other mock-ups. Maybe say it's like, a photograph taken outside and it's really vibrantly green. And what you'd want to do is get a mock-up from that shop or another shop where there might be a green plant in the backdrop, in the background that has the same kind of tone as that same green. Cause then they're going to tie together on your website and on your social media and on your listings. Okay. So it's like, it doesn't, so it's, you're looking for continuity in the style of the photo. So like one way, I think I'm like trying to put this in my own words now, like one way you can kind of really bring your Etsy shop together with for print on demand is to find like um, color ways that you're going to kind of pull throughout, even though some mock-ups might be louder than others. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, absolutely. And so like with mine, like I approach my mock-ups as like shoots. So I do different like styled setups for my mock-ups. I don't usually just take them outside or on like white backdrops. I have like one series on a white backdrop. Um, I do like little vignettes almost and they differ, but because I'm shooting them and sometimes the model is the same, it's still the same kind of vibe. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and, but you could still use that with other mock-up sellers, just being like, if you're mindful when you're getting your mock-ups, it's not just about how that design looks. That is of course the most important thing. But when you're looking at the overall branding and aesthetic of your shop, you want to look at how those mock-ups tie together. Yeah. That's so interesting. And your, your mock, your Etsy shop has really like, I feel like it's had very fast growth, which congratulations because breaking into that market is at this point a thing, but You've been really smart to differentiate yourself, but tell us about like, tell us what that was like. I want to hear the Etsy story of like, I mean, obviously for a minute there, you took your first shoot and you're like, hit pause. I hate this. This isn't working. And then at some point you obviously changed your mind, got back on the horse and here we are. So tell us the, tell us the meat and potatoes in there. Yeah. So I decided last fall, I was like, I'm just going to shoot. Like I had shot the one in like the spring. So it was like five or six months later, probably not eight months. Like I said earlier, it was eight months till I started posting really. And, um, I did the shoots and I was like, mm, I'm just going to power through them. Um, I had figured out, cause like, I'm not going to, if you can't tell, <laughs> I don't do things halfway. And so like, I'd already figured out like, so much of the behind the scenes stuff. And I was like, I just need to try this. Like, let's try try to do it. And so I did like four or five shoots last fall and then just kind of held on to them until like December-ish. And then I started editing and posting them is when I started doing it. And I did it because I was like, I want to make this work, but also because like, I love a lot of the mock-ups that are really popular. There's so many cool ones. I think it's so fantastic, but I also felt like, Okay, so print on demand, I feel like is only going to get more popular, correct? Yes, and right. like the more popular it gets, the more it's gonna attract more and more creative people, right? And so what's going to happen, I feel like from my perspective as a creative person who found print on demand is that, um, and I love designing that stuff. It's so fun. For me, it's just so, just fun, right? Mm-hmm. And um, like, I want a vibe as a creative person, I want a vibe. And so like, I want a vibe for my own. So some of the mock-ups I was like, well, I just want to make mock-ups because I want like different colors. I want like more textures, like more vibe, 
You know what I mean? Which you're and not going to so find. That's why the mock-ups I, are going to be really bad. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to stick over to you, Alyssa, the internet. But oh, um, it, you like, can I talk feel like, over me. It's your podcast. No, I, know. We're gonna have, I know we're going to have so much fun. Um, But like, I feel like out there, there's so many. And uh, so what's so, here's why I love you. Because I'm the exact opposite. I want like classic. I want simple. I want clean. I want neutral. It's so bad. But it's also because I have no imagination. So I'm just going to out myself there. But I love that you like came on the scene because the other like, more colorful creative mock-ups are not good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, there's no, toot your own horn. Whatever you want. Yep. Huh? I said toot your own horn. Yeah. Let's, let's. (laughs) But like, I mean, I'm coming at it from a photography perspective and someone who does also actively sell t-shirts. Right. So I have both like, and I mean, my, my print on demand shop is not outrageously successful, but it's fun. Like it's a fun thing that I do. And because I make mock-ups like regularly, like I know how they need to lay. And when I take the photographs, I know I can tell immediately if I'm just going to trash the photos. I also shoot mock-ups regularly, like in my schedule, I have them scheduled like X amount of times a month. And that way I'm constantly creating different mock-ups styles. I love it. I want you to keep talking. Okay. So tell us what happened. Like what, how many, when you first like decided to go for it, how many listings did you put up to begin with? And did any of them sell? Wait, I want to backtrack first. Is that okay? So you said that you're, you're like, you're like classic stuff, but the whole thing with that, and you're saying that's boring. It's not boring because we (laughs) all have our own vibes and like our own aesthetic. I am like, I, I mean, you can look around this room. This is my office. It's insane. You know what I mean? Like we have this like there's like a, you know, huge, it couldn't even fit in the trunk of our car painting that I found at a thrift store for like $5, right? So like, that's my vibe. Like, that is what I like. It's in how I dress. It's in how I shoot. It's in how I make stuff. Like, I'm super extra. I love color. I love texture. And so it makes sense that that is what I would want in my shop. But yep. not everyone is like that. Like, it is fantastic if you just like white backdrops and that classic, classic vibe but what I didn't see in Etsy was any variety. It was You're only right. the white backdrops. Does that yep. make sense? So I don't A think that like, percent. yes, like I don't think that my mock-ups are better than other people's mock-ups. I think they're different kinds of vibes and different kinds of approaches. And they're going to attract a whole different audience. And if I, if I tried to sell my really clean minimalist t-shirt designs on a really loud mock-up, I probably wouldn't attract the right person. But on the other hand, or, someone else who's got a, or it would be perfect. <laughs> because or, it would, Yeah, go ahead. I want to try it. Yes and no. So if you sold a simple design on a simple mock-up, you're going to attract somebody who likes those simple things. Yes. If you sell a simple design on a super extra mock-up, you're going to attract people that like a little bit of flair, but also like simplicity. So all of those are targeting different kinds of people. Does that make sense? So like, that's why you could use multiple in a listing. (laughs) Yes. You know, like all those things, like, you know, we are attracted to like what, cause I, I mean, I've been teaching photography forever. And one thing I teach is about editing styles. Like that's a workshop I've run for like five years. And like, that's something we talk about a ton is like, look around you. What do you like? Like what kind of colors do you wear? 
Like, what do you like? Because we're all attracted to different things and nothing is better. Like there's never a right answer. But when we have like these vibes that we're attracted to, these aesthetics, then we're just naturally pulled to that. And that's not just true for us when we're selling on Etsy. That's true to the buyers. Because most buyers on Etsy, they are going for an aesthetic. They're not, if they wanted just to buy anything, they would go to Amazon, which go for it. We all have all bought from Amazon, you know? But people who are on Etsy are usually going for more of a feeling than people who are not. So for me, I'm like, let's let's bring that feeling up. And we can do that with mock-ups. I'm literally buying mock-ups from you later today and I'm gonna test it. I'm oh, gonna take sure. some of my best sellers. I oh <laughs> we're and when I do a print on demand update next year, it's it's gonna be on there. I have to talk about how because the contrast is ridiculous. Like the way you've just challenged me, but but I'm like my my shop's like a hot mess. I'm not trying to be like a brand or anything. I'm trying to throw spaghetti on the wall. And you know, informed spaghetti. <laughs> but, oh, absolutely! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I cannot wait to try it. I want to try it just all completely off the wall. Um, I'm and excited. Just, I'm just it's just just yeah. just see. And like oh, some of them are yeah. going to crash and burn because that's just part of the whole testing. You know what I mean? And some of them work great. Like a lot, I see my mock-ups. I don't see my mock-ups a lot in like my print-on-demand niches, but I see them all the time in Bachelorette. No way! Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, and that's a whole different, it would be so fun to talk about like, what have you learned? Like are, are people killing it and who's killing it using, can we talk about that? Like, do you, because yeah. I mean, sometimes we don't get that data as an Etsy seller. Like we don't know how people are using our stuff or, you know what I mean? But have you, yeah. but I guess mm-hmm. you can look around Etsy and see your own things. So you've seen it yeah. in Bachelorette. Do you well, have groups? more with Bachelorette is because I'm a wedding photographer. I see articles and I see things on my, pen- like if I log into Pinterest, I don't use Pinterest a ton, but if I log in, I'll get you know, suggestions sometimes. And like, I've seen like shops that use my mock-ups featured on like the knots. Does that make sense for like party ideas? Yes. So we've seen things like that where they're linking to other Etsy shops. There's nothing about me, but I've seen multiple with other mock-ups too, but with some of mine as well. So like, again, it's that aesthetic, it's that vibe because if a, a website is going to feature someone, they're not going to feature someone with boring photos. Does that make sense? Yeah. I they, mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so like, that's, that's the whole vibe. And again, I would never harp on anyone's creative journey. And I yeah. think that white plain ma- backdrops have their place. You know, I mm-hmm. have some too, but mm-hmm. I also think that like, people more and more the more creative our society gets because like I mean uh, like when I was in high school I didn't know I knew like one person who was an artist as an adult like it wasn't something that was like as viable as it is now and there's so much more that you can do and because of that like people's like like it's kind of like trends like trends are great but they fade and so when you lean into your own aesthetic you can always incorporate those trends but as long as you're being like you unique to yourself, that's not going to go out. And it's always going to attract someone who has that same vibe. And sometimes it'll be more popular than other times. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you'll you'll definitely say that ebb and flow, but it really just, when you're true to yourself, creating your own stuff, no matter if it's, you like it as plain as possible or as extra as possible, like even more than me, that's going to attract certain people. 
Yes. No. And, and so here's the thing. Like, I completely a million percent agree. And I think when someone does it well, they hit it out of the park like you did. And in a second here, I'm going to beg you to tell me about like the actual Etsy, like what's happened in your shop because yeah. it's blown up. But um, I also think sometimes uh, this is one caveat I want to say as an Etsy coach, looking at it as an Etsy coach, when you are <laughs> new to the platform and you don't know, like Lisa knows exactly what she's doing. She knows her vibe. She knows who it's going to attract. I think sometimes when people get too creative, that's when they never make any sales because they're not, they're only identifying with themselves and what they like. And they're not thinking mm-hmm. enough of what the customer, what the customer wants. So I think there's a delicate balance there. And when you get really good at it, you can be like Lisa and attract all, all of the super creative people who want the flair, want the color, want the whatever. But I think getting too inventive can be, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you kind of know what I'm saying? I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I think there's a balance though. So like, um, yeah. What you can do is if you're starting out, like if you're a new print-on-demand shop owner or if you're photographing mock-ups or whatever it is, is, and I talk about this even just in, within photography when people are like doing their, like finding their style workshops, things like that, is you can always add and take away. So say someone personally would like to make, I don't know, I'm going to make something up, like a shirt with a penguin and rainbows. You know what I mean? So they can make a version of that with a penguin and rainbows. They can take the rainbows away and make a different one with just the penguins. And then they can take the penguins and rainbows and make the flowers and then, and then add flowers and then put all three of them up and see what sells. And then they can pivot from that data. Maybe none of them get clicked on. Maybe all of them get clicked on. Maybe one of them gets clicked on. And even if it's only one click from the three listings, even if they've changed that to sweatshirts and tote bags and everything, if there's only one click, you have the click. And you know that's what was attractive to somebody out there. And then you can take that and you switch the penguins out for dinosaurs. I think Etsy sellers don't test like that enough. And that's literally how I have built every business I've made is just to be willing to suck and be willing to test and try and be a hot mess and just like laugh my way through it. Like that's literally how I completely agree with you. You've got to just try. You've got to just test it. Yes. And so like, that's something that I love. Like that's why the print on demand shop is fun for me. Like I have a ton of listings and like some of them sell all the time on my print on demand shop. And some of them just that I like more never sell ever, <laughs> but like, it's fun because I'll be like, okay, I'm going to put this design. Cause sometimes you put it on like a t-shirt and because it's like, it's fun for me. Print on demand is fun. It's not something where I'm trying to like, I'm not trying to quit my career for it. I love my career. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love it. Like this is a fun thing that I do and, um, still haven't totally added the shirts to my website. It's a slow process. It's a Um, lot. Yeah. But like, it's so fun, but I wish people would approach it more with that fun mentality. Yes. Let's see what sticks. It's okay to come up with a huge shop and it's still not selling a ton because you're still going to get the data. You're still going (laughs) to get it. Right. You're still going to get the data. And if nothing is selling, you have the data that nothing is selling and you can look at that and know what's not working. No matter what your creative field is, any data is so amazing because you can peel back from that data. Yep. Always. Like if you make something and no one clicks on it, there's a reason no one clicked on it. So you need to find the reason. Y'all, I don't know about you, but the legal stuff surrounding business really intimidates me. (laughs) Like It's not fun. It's not easy. 
And I generally just want to shove my head in the sand like an ostrich and hope it will go away and nothing bad will ever happen. But the truth of the matter is that we're business owners now, and that is so cool, and it takes so much courage and effort. And it would be absolutely devastating to lose it all and more, like maybe even our homes or our our family's well-being, because we didn't take a few precautionary steps in the front end to set up our business correctly. So whether you're just getting started on Etsy or you've been selling for years now but never quite got around to the legal setup, I want to make sure you know about attorney Paige Hulse and her creative law shop. Paige used to be an Etsy seller just like us, which I freaking love because she gets us, she understands the nature of our business and the Etsy platform so well, like so much better than, you know, some local attorney who maybe understands like, you know, general law. She's the one person that I trust for myself and that I trust to take care of you guys for like any entrepreneurship needs. Like, or by the way, equestrian as well. If you happen to be a horsey person like she and I are, she's got a specialty there as well. So first off, I want you to know about some free resources. Um, Paige was on the podcast three times so far. So if you look for episodes 36, 61, and 86, um, great free advice there. You can learn some of the basics from her of how to protect your, your business, how the way you need to set it up correctly. Um, she's an absolute doll and she's smart as a whip. And also like you're going to love the easy way that she breaks down like complicated legalese. Like I can actually, I can actually focus on what she's saying and not go blank because it's so technical. Um, you're going to love her. And also this is really important. I want you to know that she's available if you, um, especially in the United States, of course, like if you run into legal trouble or if you need to register a trademark or you have some other issue with your business that requires legal advice, um, you can just search for Paige Hulse Law. Hulse is spelled H as in horse, U-L-S-E. And I'll also have her sites, um, you know, of course, linked in the show notes for you guys. And most importantly, I want to make sure you know about her creative law shop because it can save you boatloads of money. Um, it's literally like a template shop for, for like legal documents, the kind of things that we need all the time. So in many instances, you can just purchase a legal template from Paige directly from her site that will protect your business for a fraction of the price that you'd pay for hiring an hourly attorney. And it's going to be written a million times better than something free off of the internet. Like the stories she's told me about trying to defend people who grabbed a free like contract of some kind off the internet because they didn't want to spend the money. And then like it, lo- it cost them everything like they thought they were safe, but those templates are not written well and they're not written specific to like the Etsy entrepreneur. So she has so much in there. You can get everything from your LLC contract, which is super critical, a multi-person LLC agreements for partnerships if you work with more than one person in the LLC, special provisions for your Etsy shop policies if you really want to cover yourself there, affiliate agreements, influencer contracts, photography releases, and so much more. There's literally over 80 contracts available plus um, additional free resources. Her blog is incredible. And there's a lot of educational tools, like some even for purchase if you want to take like a course learning some basic business law stuff. So check it out. If you need to order something from the Creative Law Shop and you want a bit of a break on the price, you can use my coupon code, SMILEY10. That's all lowercase, S-M-I-L-E-Y and the number 10, and you get 10% off and hopefully that will help. So just go to shopcreativelaw.com and there are a ton of resources waiting for you. My hope and prayer is that you'll never need to fight a legal battle, but just like we have fire insurance and car insurance for a reason, setting up your business the right way now can save you from a lot of pain later. So I really trust Paige to help you out. But you know what I also like is kind of like, um, I do, and I, that's exactly how I build, but have you ever heard how they, 
Oh my gosh, Lisa, we have you and I could have so much fun. We've already gone down so many rabbit holes. I know. Sorry. Heard, like, <laughs> no, no, we're so much alike. It's great. Um, we're so different and so alike, and I love it. You, like when they're teaching someone in a bank how to spot a fraudulent bill, they don't have them learn every single way people make fraudulent bills. They make them study the the right one until they have it so memorized that the the wrong one just stands out. And I do think that something that really helped me on Etsy, like, yes, I did do a ton of testing, but it was after I built a mental, um, a brain cache. I had studied what was working. I was studied the best sellers for so many hours, for so many days, for so many weeks that my brain was hardwired at that point to know what a best seller would look like and what, what does sell would look like. I studied the original dollar bill, so to speak, but like what was selling on Etsy so much that I was more likely to put up things that will sell. Does that make like that makes sense? I think. Oh yes, yeah. and you know what I like so love about that too is even in that statement, you can take it so many different ways because you can be <laughs> like, because you're like, okay, what's the bestsellers on Etsy? You can do that from just bestseller badges you see on on the yeah. platform. Order the stuff in your shop that is selling the best. And right. it may not be the same thing. So you can like be like embracing both of those things at the same time and just still building out and learning. Like it's, I think it's like such an incredible platform because there's so much you can do. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, okay. I, you cannot get the traffic. You can't get that data oh, so easily you on can't. your own website. No way. Yeah. You can't compare. It's so underrated. That's why I will never complain about whatever Etsy fees they want to charge. I will not complain about a delayed customer service. Like, are there things I'd like to change? Yes, a hundred percent. But I will not, the marketplace has so much value. Um, mm-hmm. I will not, I will always be like, unless they do something really ugly, I will always be just like team Etsy. I totally get it. But can we just, because this is what I really love to geek out on too. Can we talk about yeah. like how your shop grew? Oh, yeah, for sure. Shop? So you decided last year, you kind of went back at it. Now you're doing all these shoots, but it's kind of taken off. So like, what what did that, what was that like? So, I mean, one thing to keep in mind with this is that like, I am not new to photography. And so like, I was not learning that from scratch. Like I was having to learn how to shoot those things from scratch. And I also had the background in making the print on demand listings. So I knew how to make listings too, even though it was different. And I also, yeah. Yes, I have two websites that both have awesome SEO. And so that's different, but because it's Google. No, but you've got but the skill. Yeah. But I have, you know what I mean? Like I like I wasn't having, I wasn't like, what's SEO? You know what I'm saying? Like I had to yep. learn it. I had to do those things. And um, like it was a little, it was both slower and faster than I thought it would be. Okay. The best okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? It's more like, like, because, you know, I'll have days sometimes where I sell have like 85 sales and then the next day there'll be like five and that's been one of the things that's like the biggest mind bender for me because you're doing something right right but it's not quite consistent for me yet as someone who like has found success in it but I'm not anywhere near like a top mock-up shop because I mean those ones are whoo they're, they're big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been really interesting. One thing that was surprising to me was how fast I was approached to sell the whole shop bundles. That was not oh, something that was on my, my like, um, radar. Yeah. So if anyone was getting into mock-ups, I would put that up as soon as you have a couple hundred listings. Really? I was kind of never going to do that. I wasn't either. And mine's really expensive. Um, because I, you know, uh, huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> it they are. needs to be because the, the, wor- the shots you're taking take a lot more work um, and planning and effort. Yes. And so yeah. um, I was surprised when I got, because I started posting pretty regularly in December, uh, end of December, early, actually it was mid-January. Like I had posted some, maybe had a couple of hundred listings. Um, and then I really started posting the middle of January was when I really started doing listings. And okay. I think it was early March, the first time someone emailed me and asked for the whole shop. So you're adding new, um, you said you do a couple photo shoots a month. So how often do you add new listings to the shop? It really depends because I'm still like a working photographer. So it depends on when I can edit them and when I can get them up. Okay. So it's not necessarily consistent. You know what I think you, what you said before, I think even those big mock-up shops though would tell you there's like, and I had this with my sign shop that was like multiple six figure shop. Mm -hmm. We would have um, like right after a payday and over a weekend, we'd have 50 sales come in, you know, which was yeah. a lot for handmade big old freaking honking oh, signs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like then there'd be weeks where you only have, you know, seven to 10 sales for the whole week. Some of it was mm-hmm. like pay cycle. Some of it for you, it would be really interesting to study because I'm wondering if it's like, it's all around when people are, are designing, right? When they sit down, they're like, okay, yeah. I need to do designs. I need new mock-ups. And they're going to buy them a lot of times all at once. Sometimes it'll be yeah. like, oh, I really need, I really need like an olive green shirt or whatever. But it would yeah. be so, I bet the buying habits for your customers is, are, is so interesting to study. Yeah, it really is because I can't like, um, I can't really estimate what's going to happen on any given yeah. day. You know, because none of us really can though. Yeah. And that's, what's crazy is like, sometimes my phone will go off and I'll sell a mock-up for $2 and sometimes someone's bought the whole shop and you just don't know. Oh my gosh. It's the lottery of it all. I love it. That would be it's the really crazy fun though, Right? Yeah. It's fun. Like it's a fun thing to do. You're like, okay, buy that shop. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if someone asked since I've like literally gone off the rails and not asked anything on this list? I know. I'm um, sorry. It's my fault. <laughs> no, I don't feel like it is your fault. I feel like we are both, we're both complicit in this. Um, have you had, well, I've already talked about that. What advice would you give someone just getting started on Etsy? Is two, uh, there's two things. One, I think there's a lot of discourse out there, not by any specific fault, but that you can just get on Etsy and make a ton of money. That's not the reality mm-hmm. for most people. Generally, <laughs> not, right, yeah. Yeah, of course, there's always outliers, but most of the time that's not what's going to happen. And two, to not be afraid to just try stuff out. You're never going to find your style or your vibe or what exactly, like the people that are successful in any creative platform, no matter, because, you know, I know so many photographers, so many creatives, so many artists. And the thing that makes people different is if they keep pushing. You have to get through everyone. Like nobody, like, like, I mean, I've been a professional photographer since 2011. I could not even today with however many sales I have on my shop, I could not be like, I want $12 for a mock-up. No one's going to pay $12 for one mock-up. They're not going to because yeah. Yes, because that's not what is accepted as the price range on Etsy. Now they pay that yeah. for a bundle, but they're not going to pay that for one mock-up. And so right. even if you have like the experience, even if you know what you're doing, if you have like an artistic niche carved out in yourself all already, you have to be aware of the platform you're on and just let yourself learn. Because even if you come with a lot of knowledge, you don't know everything about something when you just start it. Okay. Amazing. Was there another, was that, that was both, wasn't it? 
I think you so. said everything in that one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're like twins. Um, okay. And actually I'm going to add, cause we didn't talk about um, when, when I got your links and everything that I'm going to share for everybody in case they want to go buy your mock-ups, they want to visit your website. They want to listen to your podcast that's coming out, which we'll talk about in a second. Do you want to also like let them know where they can get your photography course or is that not something you're doing right now? Or can, you know, can people get that training from you? Yeah. So, um, right now there's not a lot available. I'm taking this fall to rewrite a bunch of my photography courses. So mostly I sell that on my website and my main, like my print on demand Etsy shop is where it will be. Um, and then I, but I will be writing a PDF about product photography that I'll have on the mock-up shop. So, okay. um, so if they go to your website, they'll be able to find you. They'll be able to find you. Everything's on my website. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us where we can find you and connect and be in touch. Cause my guess is you're going to get DMS from people being like, I loved your episode. You're so relatable. That was so much fun. And where can they do that? Well, they should know I'm really bad at social media right now. That's one of the reasons I got into Etsy because I've been on social media nonstop since like the beginning of its inception. Um, and I was like, let's pull back. (laughs) Um, But I am on Instagram. It's Lissa Claire. My website's LissaChandler.com. My mock-ups are Opal and June mocks. And then I have a podcast coming out in a couple of weeks. Okay. Called Your Photographer Mom. Yep. Because I'm a total. So guys, I will link all of that below. (laughs) Hysterical. Like, I've been a little guilty of this lately. Like, just the episodes have gone off the rails in the best way. But I I need everybody to, to shoot me an email or a DM and let me know if you want me to get back to being more organized and staying on task or if you like. <laughs> and I need the people who want to be nice but really want to tell me they liked it better the other way to actually let me know that. And then um, you guys just, you, if you need to re- like rein me back in, you just do it. But Lissa, I just had the time of my life. <laughs> Thank you so much. I know it's so much fun. Thank you so much for geeking out with me, and thank you for bringing your whole, um, your whole real beautiful self. Because what you're, you're a delight. Um, and thank you for everything that you shared. All right, thanks for having me. <laughs> she, she says so eloquently. Okay, guys, thank you for hanging out with us and hearing about mockups and digital pro. No, yeah, digital products and print on demand. We hit all of it. And um, until next week, go make something awesome. I'll talk to y'all soon. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.